This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. We have Asara. Welcome to the program, and Asara. we've made this magic happen, Asara. Hi, Welcome. guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the Escape Hour. We are thrilled to be able to have our listeners hear all about your organis- your company, Cat Explorer. Yes, I'm really excited to be here and thank you for having me. Now, uh, tell us how, let's start by telling yeah. us telling us more about Cat, Cat Explorer. How did this come about? Um, so, as a child, I used to travel around um, regional New South Wales a lot with my family because my dad worked a lot in regional towns. And back then, um, catteries just weren't what they are now. So, to make it a bit easier for ourselves, we just used to take my cat along and that was the most cat exploring I was doing at the time. But then when I adopted my two cats as an adult, I just wanted that flexibility because it was really um, amazing in that we could just decide to do a weekend away a couple of days beforehand and just take the cats. Whereas if we had to put them into a cattery, you'd have to plan it out a bit longer. So um, we just started doing that with our two cats. But I got a bit frustrated because I couldn't find the resources or the tools on how to train them and how to do it. So. I started um, sharing my experiences on social media and I found that people were really interested in it. So I started creating Cat Explorer initially as a bit of a depository for it. But um, it kind of just expanded from there because I realized that everyone in the community, so there's a lot of people who do this around the world and they just wanted to share their experiences and their stories. So I transitioned Cat Explorer to be more of a bit of a community and things like that. And since then, it's now grown to have its own podcast and we've got the website and then We've also now just launched our own cat backpacks as well. Oh, that's cool. Just a quick question. Um, when you travel with your cat, is it mainly domestic or is it international as well? Because there's obviously, if you're taking your, your pet with you internationally, there's some considerations you have to make as far as quarantine on the way back in, things like that. How, how does that help? Uh, you know, how does that affect things? Yeah, so definitely from Australia's perspective, we only really travel domestically with our cats just because Australia has such strict um, quarantine laws, which yep. need to be strict. Um, but I've noticed that, for example, in Europe, in America, in Canada, they do a lot of international travel with their cats as well. A lot of cats have their own passports. And um, right. they fly, yeah, like, for example, in America, they'll fly down to South America quite often for holidays. A cat passport. Now, yeah. that's kind of blowing <laughs> my mind a little bit. Because we did, um, um, oh, Mark's suggesting it's a poor sport. Poor sport. <laughs> He's got his poor sport. Um, because we did uh, have a little discussion before we came on air, of course, about uh, 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 about all the different elements of Cat Explorer and we questioned ourselves, mm-hmm. is yeah. there passports for cats? Mm-hmm. That's definitely incredible. There definitely is. And I think... Um, I have to admit, I don't know all the intricacies of what's in the passport, but I believe they're slightly different based on country. So the European ones are slightly different to the American ones or the Canadian ones. But they definitely exist. And, and I guess it's just important f- for anyone listening to just understand that they need to, to look into that as, if they're going to take their cat out internationally. Because I know once you leave Australia with your cat or any pet, you lose your Australian health status for that animal. Mm-hmm. 
Is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that yeah. they, there is a reduced, I mean, the quarantine for bringing cats or dogs and pets back into Australia used to be six months and I believe that is less and less now. Yeah, I think it depends I on... So well. Yeah, is it Depending on the vaccinations and, and I guess specifically which country it's coming in from, I think obviously if it's a country that has rabies, um, it's more of a concern. Is that right? Yes, that would be because Australia currently is rabies-free. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to remind our listeners that we're having a chat to Hasara Leh, who is the founder of Cat Explorer, and uh, we are talking all things about travelling with cats. So, Hasara, what are the main things that people have to keep in mind uh, if they're considering travelling with the cat? What's the first question they have to ask themselves? I think the first thing you really need to understand is whether your cat's the right candidate. So, if your cat likes sitting on the couch, they're not really interested in going outside, they like their routine, they're probably not the right candidate. But if your cat loves going outside, they're always running to the door, they're very, very curious and also have a lot of energy, cat exploring is a great idea for them. But cats yeah. have really different personalities, don't they? Yeah, they, they definitely do. So yeah, you know, they definitely you've got do. two, right? Yeah. Tell us about yours and how they differ and how they travel differently because I think this will help people relate to their own cat who, my cat, I don't like him going outside at all. Mm. Neither did he. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of, I open the door. I call him Brexit sometimes because I open the door and he sits there and he meows to go out that he doesn't want to go out. Then blah, 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 blah. So it's just like Brexit. But he, he doesn't really. He just likes lying near an open terrace door in an apartment. So what are your cats like? So I've got two cats, Lumos and Noxy. Um, interestingly, they're siblings from the same litter, so you'd think they'd be fairly similar, but they're actually quite different. So um, Lumos, is, um, he loves food. He loves getting a lot of attention. He loves seeing people. And um, his favourite thing to do is going when we go to a cafe, he likes to go and say hi to everyone. Whereas Noxy is a lot more cheeky. She's very active, and but she's also a little bit shy. So she much prefers the hiking and going to the beach and going to regional areas and things like that. She'll say hi to people, but she's not as outgoing as Lumos. So do you ever fear that your cat, if you've got them in a park or a beach, is just going to bolt and never come back? Or do you, are cats more, they understand where the food is, they understand where the family <laughs> is, they understand where the warm bed's <laughs> going to be when they get home. Do they understand that like dogs do? I suppose so, but I think um, one of the big things is that we, when we first started training them, we didn't take them straight to a park. We started training them in like a small area, so we actually started in our courtyard, and then we started going to areas that have a bit more stimuli, so more people or um, more animals and more sounds. And by doing that, we slowly got them accumulated to the different training things that they can do. So, for example, if they feel unsafe, they jump straight into their cat backpack. Or, oh, okay. Um, you train them for yeah, that. So we've, yeah, yeah, we've trained them for that. And it's also, it's been great for us in that we learned to read their body language. So Lumos and Noxie have completely different ways of communicating with us. And by starting small, we were able to learn those things. So we can start seeing if they're starting to get a bit antsy or tired. And it's time to go home. Or stressed, yeah. Yeah, What I'd love our listeners to know is that on your website, you have a lot of really great information that people, so people can actually learn more about how to train their cats and also how to read the cat's body language so that you can, mm -hmm. like, talk to your cat or it can talk to you. <laughs> yeah, to be like a, a psychologist for an animal, really. Be, well, I mean, I hear there are sort of animal yeah. psychologists there Definitely. out and about. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's just amazing. So your your lovely little cats have been inspirations for you. Um, wh what did you do? I mean, where was the first place that you took them uh, on, on their first major trip? 
So the first place we went to is in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. We um, we kind of decided that we wanted to see if this was something that they'd be open to doing. So the Blue Mountains is only about an hour and a half drive from Sydney, so it's pretty doable for us. Yeah. Um, and we stayed on a farm, so that gave us the flexibility of just taking them out, and if they wanted, they could just stay in the cabin the whole time. And they did... They blew our minds. Like, we didn't expect them to do as well as they did. They saw horses. They saw dogs. They saw ducks. And we live in a <laughs> tiny apartment in the city. I never thought they'd like that. So, what um, did they think of the ducks? Because ducks are quite aggressive and territorial. So they were more interested in the horses than the ducks. I thought they'd want to eat the ducks, but they didn't <laughs> want to eat the ducks. They were more interested in the horses. <laughs> well, did they want to eat the horses? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or head to the iTunes Australia podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing a show again. Joy. You're on the Escape Hour and we are here today with Mark, Tad and uh, myself, Fiona. We are talking with Sarah Lay, who is with Cat Explorer. She's on the phone from Sydney. Um, we just love the idea, yeah. don't we, Tad? We I just do. thought it was so quirky. Well, we've had a query. We do have a question. We've had a good question. Yes. I think, uh, Sarah, good. you're the right person to ask. Uh, we've got a listener um, who messaged in. The message is, my husband and I are moving to Germany and have two indoor cats. Is there anything we can do to prepare them for the process of customs when we move next year? Thank you for that question. Hasara, is there a way of training or preparing cats for that kind of move? Because it must be stressful for them. Yeah, that one definitely is a little, is quite a long move. Um, and I think one of the amazing things that have come up in the, um, like a lot of companies have come up that actually help you translocate to different places around the world. Yeah. So I think one that's really popular in Australia is called Jet Pet. So I would definitely get in touch with them and they'll be able to give you a lot of advice in terms of how you can prepare your cat and even how you can do it, log- like the logistics of how to do it and what how you need to prepare. But um, I think another great way is, for you, for your peace of mind, you might want to start training them, get used to their carrier and moving around in their carrier. So first, um, introduce them to their airline approved carrier at home, just set it up, give them a lot of treats every time they go inside the carrier and even like play with them, set, um, maybe even set, set it up with their favorite blanket. Yeah. And then um, as they become more used to their carrier, start taking it outside. So just take them on short drives in your car. Um, and then slowly increase those drives drive so they get used to being in the carrier in something that's moving. I, in an ideal world, you'd be able to take them on a plane to train them, but that's not really possible. So, well, it is possible, but I'm not sure whether that's something everyone wants to do. Do you travel by plane with your cats at all, or is it more car travel? I have done it in the past. Yeah. Um, and in Australia, cats and well, most animals need to travel in the cargo to yeah. the yeah. area, and that's not something that I'm really... I'm putting my cats through that often, but right. I do know people who do it. Yeah. It would be stressful, I imagine, for any animal, even if they are prepared for it, I uh, guess. But what is the status of taking a cat on board as a support animal? I believe you can do that, but I th- I'd recommend checking all the details because I think every airline might be slightly different as well. Yeah, Australian so, policies uh, yeah. be different. Like in the United yeah. States, it's uh, much more open. You can take uh, quite a wide range of animals on. They have to be pre-registered as yeah. a emotional support animal, but you can take cats. I, I think in the United States, there's this weird thing about them being declawed. 
Okay. That so makes good sense. Yeah. On a, which I think is quite cruel. Yeah. But that's up to... Yeah. It's quite common in the United States. Can't they just have them clipped? I, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I think emotional support animals don't need to be declawed in the US because I know quite a few members of our community who travel quite often with their cats in the cargo. Yeah. Not the cargo, sorry, the cabin. And some of them aren't even emotional support animals. They're um, just their normal pets. Right. Um, and a lot of the airlines let you put um, them under the seat in a carrier. Okay. But I, I think the difference is emotional support animals are able to sit on your lap. Okay, because I, I have seen on some U.S. carriers dogs allowed on board, mm. um, and they weren't, you know, um, like seeing eye dogs or anything like that. They were obviously a, a, a support animal, but um, yeah, it's quite interesting, really. Um, and w- with with that whole scenario, do you find um, do you find a difference in? I mean, your your cats obviously enjoy traveling you know do you are you able to discern that or not or is it just getting them used to that and they're just okay with it well to be honest i think it depends on the day as well cats are like us every day they're quite (laughs) different (laughs) yeah but then um one thing that's been really interesting for us is the more travel we do the better they are at handling it so um for example in february we actually drove down from sydney to melbourne and we did the great ocean road with them as well yeah and that was like a 11 day um road trip for them and okay. they handled it so well um, right. but then if we have his life gets busy you can't always go out with them so yeah. sometimes we'll have like a month break and then the next trip we do we know we have to do a short drive just so that they get acclimatized to it again right and i guess you know as, as stressful as it is possibly for the animals is it stressful for you taking the pets out not really I no. think some, it's something that we really enjoy so yeah Lumos and Noxie, they love going to the beach and you see how happy they are at the beach and it just makes it so much more enjoyable for us. Right. And um, have, have they got the favourite spots? The beach. Yeah. <laughs> have they got favourite spots that they like to go to, like, all the time or is it, you know, just hit or miss? Do they put in it, their requests? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, funny you say that because Noxie does get really cranky if we don't take her to a beach. We haven't done that in a while. Really? <laughs> so what is it about the beach? Is it the sand? Is it the, the sea? Is it the people? What's the, what is the cat like at the beach? The sand. It's, it's like a huge toilet. <laughs> yeah. It's like the world's biggest toilet. Self Big scratching yeah. box. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. We have to make sure we take a lot of poo bags just in case. But they, yeah. she just re- they really enjoy digging in the sand. And I think I'm um, also seeing this sand moves in an odd way that they don't normally see with soil. So they love chasing it as well. Ah, so, um, right. Interactive yeah. toilet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like big in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> All these things are moving that you didn't expect. And what about dogs? Do you have to deal with that situation of dogs coming up to the cats? I mean, do they have to be sort of acclimatised to being okay with dogs or being around dogs? Yeah, so we definitely recommend that anyone who goes cat exploring do start acclimatising their cats to dogs yeah. or start doing a process that they have every time a dog comes past. So one something that um, we do is that Every time a dog comes past us, we're hiking our cats know to jump in their backpack. Okay. We're wearing the backpacks so that they're up high, and we just go uh, down and they jump in. Right. And um, they're so away nice. from the dogs, yeah. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. We've had a, um, another comment. Brad from... Marvellous Melbourne. <laughs> if taking cats out of normal comfort zone, a product called Philly Away helps cats with anxiety issues. Asara, how do you make sure your cats, when you're travelling with them, are calm? Yeah, so I, 
Ciliware is a great tool to use as well. Um, not all cats respond to it. So, for example, Noxie responds to it, but Lumos does not, which makes things interesting. But um, Is it like Fenergan for children? Or <laughs> 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 <More> adults? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But I think the main thing is to just slowly expand their boundaries. So I wouldn't recommend jumping straight into a 12-hour road trip. I'd recommend starting with like a short 10-hour, 10 sorry, 10-minute 10 drive and yep. then slowly increasing the boundaries. And then also developing those positive associations with the types of travel you do. So, for example, making a positive association with their carrier that they use in the car using things like treats and toys and having it around where they normally hang out rather than doing it as a thing that just surprises them. So they get used to the smells and being around it. And um, another thing we like to do is we just um, we put their favourite toys in there as well. So if they do get bored, they can play around with that too. So it's keeping them occupied, isn't it? Uh, you know, just like mm, a child, really. Like child. <laughs> Furry, well, fur babies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that you've, um, on your website, you collect a lot of stories from other uh, cat explorers. And uh, uh, is that something that you would encourage our listeners to do? I mean, if they have got experiences um, with cats, travelling with them, and they would like to share their stories for other cat lovers, is that something you're hoping to do is build the community of cat explorers? Yes, definitely. So we love sharing the stories of all the different cat explorers in our community because, like we were saying before, every cat is different. So what works for one cat doesn't work for the other. So by sharing all our experiences, we can show all the different tools that we've used, all the training techniques we've used. And as a part of that, we've also started a cat explorer podcast as well. And each episode, we chat to either an expert in the cat field or a cat explorer, and we share their stories and their failures and the things they've learnt from and the funny moments that are part of their journey um, because we find that that's, everyone's got a different experience but someone else will learn from it and um, yeah, we just love sharing their stories. And your website has a lot of other information too. There's a map that shows um, and the drop-down menu that you can choose the country and um, area or region, I guess, that if you're in that area, you can take your cat too. I know the amount of parks in Victoria. Uh, I've never heard of. I've never heard of. We weren't yeah. actually that familiar with them, but it was <laughs> lovely to see, you know, the listing of parks and places that you yeah. can take your cat hiking. So I think that's a really spot-on uh, way that you can easily communicate. You know, where uh, people can take their cats. And do you encourage people as well to? I mean, how do you get reviews for places where people? I mean, how do you learn more about it? Is that people contacting you? Um, to say this is a great place to take my cat? Yes, definitely. So we always encourage members of our community to just contact us and share those experiences that they have. And um, because a place might say that it's pet friendly, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's cat friendly. So, for example, an off-leash dog beach is not cat friendly. Right, no. (laughs) It might be dog smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They, They would say pet friendly, but that isn't what we're looking for. So... Um, we really do rely on everyone's experiences and um, things like that. And that's why we collect that information so that someone else can use it. And I guess, too, if, if you are taking your cat out and about a lot more than somebody who keeps their, their cat more housebound, I mean, it's also probably even more important to make sure your cat has is up to date with vaccinations, worming, all that sort of stuff that you would normally do anyway. But I guess it's just a bit more imperative from a, the point of view of exposing the cat more to, to different things. Yeah, definitely. And microchipping, that's something yeah. that um, I'm trying to push a lot. Uh, it's something that's more prevalent in Australia, so we're pretty lucky in that most of our councils are very much on the ball with that. But uh, I found overseas it's not as common. So microchipping, vaccinations, all the worming fleas, yeah. ticks as well, especially in summer, just yeah. keep an eye on those things. 
Yeah, because it, it is, is it, you can't register an animal without it being microchipped and desexed. Is that right? Or is that? I think it depends on what your council and your okay. state. So yeah. it seems to vary quite a bit. But I think Australia is pretty strict on those requirements. Um, yeah. But overseas, they're not as strict. And, of course, there is a, a strange movement of uh, anti-vaxxers in pets, as we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Oh, they were strange when they were in humans, but now to put their misery onto pets. I, yeah. I, you probably have some uh, thoughts on that, Hasara, if you'd like to let uh, let us know. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I have noticed that um, movement as well, and I think... There's been so much research done with vaccinations and they're there for a reason, so we should be doing it. It's um, better to be safe than sorry, I believe. And, um, yeah, I'm very much pro-vaccinating. Yeah, I think it's important. What what are these anti-pet vaccinators going to do? Just say that it's all some... You're going to have some matcha? Use some turmeric. Oh. Match a cat. As if. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, some pas- essential oils on your dog. Oh, screw that. Yeah. You've got to look after these animals. We, we bring them into their homes. We've got to think of them as part of a family. Well, yeah. look, I have I have heard someone speak on the radio about this. If you have a cat that actually really never does leave the house, it's probably the only time that you would consider a non-vaccination because the cat doesn't leave the house. It's not interacting with other animals. You're listening to a Joycast from G. TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Today we're with Hasara Leigh from Cat Explorers and we've been talking about travelling with your pet cats. Where is good? So Hasara, if you got to um, scratch your kitty claws down the blackboard and (laughs) eke out the next destinations that you'd want to go to, where would you want to take your cats? Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, wow. If, um, if quarantine wasn't an issue and yep. travelling in um, cargo and things like that, I definitely would want to take them to the US and Canada. So they, um, unlike Australia, in, US, in the US and Canada, most national parks are cat-friendly. So um, there are some great hiking trails and places you can go where you're going in the mountains. Um, and a lot of our community love going kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding with their cats in those national parks as well. So that's somewhere that's pretty incredible. But in saying that, Australia's got some amazing places as well. I think we sometimes forget that. Um, and like one of my favourites so far has been going to the Great Ocean Road. That was um, something that we didn't expect to be as enjoyable with our cats as we thought because the Great Ocean Road is a lot of national parks. But we found some amazing hiking trails and um, beaches and also like some amazing businesses that let us come in. Um, we went to the, um, a brewery down there and we had an amazing afternoon. We got to taste some of the brewery's um, products and our cats got to walk around the brewery. So that was pretty amazing. So <laughs> when you're um, looking at the United States and Canada, um, I know that there are different ecological reasons why cats can and cannot go places. In Australia, we've got a very big fear of uh, cats hunting um, native species. Does mm-hmm. that not occur in the same way in the US and Canada or is it because they're native species, quite often big things like bobcats and bears? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, the funny thing is we laugh about it, but that's actually quite a huge concern for our community in terms of when they're going hiking. So they actually put plants, like we recommend that people put plants in place of what do you do if your cat comes across a bear or an eagle or how do you make sure that your cat gets in their backpack so that they're safe? Um, and a lot of the members in our community carry bear spray and things like that while they're hiking in those areas too. And of course you'd have to have a little bit of first aid because what if your cat in mm-hmm. Australia, for example, was bitten by a snake? Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely. Mean, that's so, very likely yeah. on the hiking trail. Definitely. Or the yeah, cat definitely. Might kill the so, <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility too. But I think um, yeah, there's definitely some great pet 
first aid kits that you can buy as well and you can actually build your own. So funnily enough, we actually do a lot of discussion topics with our community and the one that we did this week was what would you put in your first aid kit for your cat? Um, and our recommendation is that you have a little one that you take when you go hiking as well as a bigger one that you leave in the car. Um, and yeah. and obviously um, we're, we're all not veterinarians so we can't necessarily treat our cat right on the spot. So the main aim is to make sure that they're safe and then get them to a vet as soon as possible in those situations. Do you know, I mean, there's a lot of... Um there's numerous products out there for pet insurance, health insurance for your pet. Mm. How does that affect if you're traveling with your pet or, or taking the, the pet out of its normal home area? Are, are you aware of any any problems with that or, or how that would affect it? Any coverage? To be honest, I'm not entirely sure about that one just yeah. because um, I think every policy is different and that was definitely not a question that was included in the ones that I looked at. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because if That's you do really have insurance, point. people should just ask the question before going, mm. just so they're aware, um, you know. Yeah, read the T's and yeah. beforehand, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's nothing you need to be concerned about. If you're travelling interstate in Australia, there's no uh, issues with various different states. I mean, you can't take certain fruits. Can yeah. you take certain, you know, it's just... Uh, are there any laws that you know of that people need to be mindful when you're travelling around the, sta- the various states? Not in terms of travelling in between states, um, but there are differences between different states in terms of how you need to have your cat contained in the car as well, so that's just something that I'd recommend checking into. But we have quite a few cats who are currently vanning around Australia, so it's something that happens quite often. A listener question. Oh, I love listener questions. Yes. Yeah, I haven't got a name on it, sorry, but um, phone ends with 6A2. Big hello, love your show. I also love my cat, but WTF. Taking your cat on holidays is not only selfish, but abjectly cruel. Cats are territorial and happiest in their own domain. I doubt the cat much cares for tourist traps. Take a cat on a plane as a form of abuse. You'd be lucky if the cat survives the ordeal. Is this RSPCA approved? It's a really good question, Hasara, because um, not everyone's going to agree that taking a cat out of the home or home space is good for the cat. What, what, do you, what, what is your take on that? I, I, I understand where people are coming from. I think it's um, a bit of a misconception, especially if it's something that your cat enjoys. So this kind of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier where we were saying just checking if your cat is the right candidate for it. Yeah. Um, and I think our cats in evolution, they were actually the ones who are out there and it's just because of how the world has evolved that it's not safe for them to be roaming anymore. It actually reduces their lifespan from three to four times. So that's why we now bring our cats inside and they've become domesticated. But it's still our job to enrich their lives. And one way to do that is by taking them outside safely. So the whole point of cat exploring is if we're doing it in a safe manner. So, um, and some cats, all they they want to do is to be able to go to a park or to go into their courtyard or into their backyard. But there are other cats who do love going out and going to beaches and hiking and things like that. So is it RSPCA approved? Are, there, are, are people sort of like in the world of animal um, welfare endorsing of the idea of travelling with a cat or is there a, a little bit of um, reticence around that? Is it controversial? I, I suppose the way to put it is that everyone has their own opinion. So I think if you've been involved and you've actually had um, experience of being exposed to a cat who does this and, see, and you see the happiness that it brings them, so the happy tales, the enrichment that it brings their lives and just even just how they manage their life as well. So for example, we actually didn't start training our cats to do this till they're a year old. And the change we've seen in their behaviour has just been incredible. And um, But I, I think you agree have... with our listener that travelling, uh, air, air travel is not something that you endorse at all. Definitely not in the cargo. I yeah, understand yeah. that sometimes people have to do it in the cabin. Um, 
and there are safe ways to do that. Um, and the, but the thing is that some people do have to travel with their cats in the in the cargo. For example, if you're traveling internationally, like that person who mentioned that they were going to Germany, yeah, there are safe ways to do that. But it's not like something I do every weekend. But you're also advocating making sure that your cat is of the right temperament to do this, yeah. and you're also advocating training before you take your cat out. You're not saying just take the cat yeah. out on a 10-hour drive. You're not suggesting that at no. all. You're saying there's a lot of training. Flight, well, box. yeah. I mean, yeah. you're saying, you know, train the cat to, you know, if it feels threatened to jump back into the, the backpack, that sort of thing. And, and, you know, there's a lot more involved than just taking the cat out, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, I suppose one thing we haven't spoken about is also harness training. So we always yeah. recommend that your cat is harnessed and knows how to walk on a harness and leash. And that does require quite a bit of training. And yeah. um, and also, because the training is also for us as humans as well in terms of how to understand our cat and what they do enjoy and doing it within their boundaries. So we always say don't push the boundaries right. um, to a point that they start feeling anxious. And because you've started learning how to read their behavior, you know when they're feeling anxious and you don't push that. So, for example, Lumos and Noxie love going to the beach, but they're not a huge fan of being in a beach that's got a lot of waves. So we just avoid those kind of beaches. Yep. So you yeah. just learn that as you go. I'm going to ask one of the final questions. As a cat mm-hmm. owner myself, my Hugo is very much a cat of routine. <laughs> What about toileting? Because <laughs> I'm imagining that, do you take litter everywhere you go? I mean, oh, the beach would be a different story. You'd take bags. But um, what about toileting and getting their routines up? So one thing that we do is we have, we actually have a big container from Kmart and we fill that up with um, kitty litter and we keep that in our car so they know how to use that when we're travelling uh, right. in the car. Yeah. And they actually keep up their routines pretty well when we're travelling overnight as well. So obviously set up a litter tray, we travel with that. Right, um, travel with litter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people who go camping, they actually take up, take like a little cardboard box and use that for litter as well. Right. Well, thank you very much, Asara Lay from Cat Explorers. Uh, what's your website that people can go to and see these pictures of these cats on paddle boards and looking very happy and <laughs> very happy yep, cats? Cat ex- <laughs> yeah, very happy. It's catexplorer.co, and um, we're also on Instagram at catexplorer.community and on Facebook at catexplorer. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Asara Lay from Cat Explorers. It's uh, fantastic to hear from you. Fantastic listener engagement. Love to hear from you, everybody. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.